Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Yo, 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 what is up? It's your boys. We got AJ in the house and your boy Sterls. We are here on the Hump Day Hotline right here on the Buffalo Rumblings VidCast feed. AJ, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. Uh, trade deadline coming up on Monday. The Bills with a huge game tomorrow against the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers at home, a team that's 3-3. Three and three. You know, same spot in the bill as the Bills right now. Obviously, that will change, but both the seven seeds in their respective conferences. So it should be a uh, fun one. Yeah, you know what? It, sh- it should be. It should be fun. But will it be fun? That I think that's the question that a lot of us are having coming into this game. And and I gotta be honest, I don't even know if I'm like over the Patriots loss yet. Like, have you? Where are you at on that, man? How you how you feeling with that? Yeah, so the first thing that comes to mind is I think that I'll start with the defensive side of the ball. The loss of Matt Milano, the loss of Daquan Jones, hopefully they can return at some point uh, at the end of the year. But uh, for now, you're going to have to roll with, you know, the punches with Williams and Dotson kind of taking turns at that position with Williams struggling. Dotson goes in and kind of fills that role. And then you have, you know, the the Jordan Phillips and Tim Settle and Puna Ford now getting reps after being healthy and active for the first few weeks. The defensive side of the ball right now for me is the bigger concern just because of the fact that, you know, you, you allowed a team at home. That they couldn't put anything together for the past couple of weeks. They were outscored by 70-plus points in their last three games. Uh, you have a, a, a you know, the, the Patriots just – they were they aren't good offensively to, to kind of put it straight and simple. Reminder it's Stevenson, chest, AJ. yeah, reminder <laughs> Stevenson. Uh, he hasn't been you know the the back they've wanted him to be. I think they've had a lot of injuries on the offensive line that's kind of had them to do it like a little makeshift thing. But the defense for me is just a concern moving forward. Um, again, they're going to have to figure it out, especially situationally. Like I'd love to have seen like you know the Bengals a couple of weeks ago against right. the Seahawks. They put up seventeen points, but. The Bengals found two stops in the red zone against the Seahawks on back-to-back possessions to kind of win that game. 
the Bills had that opportunity on the defensive side of the ball after the you know the, the offense took the twenty five to twenty two lead and they failed to you know even hold Mac Jones to a field goal. So the defense for me is a concern again, filling those holes. The injuries are catching up to them, and they've been DVOA wise, uh, they went from the second best defense in football weeks one through four to now the twenty eighth best defense. So that kind of calculates like again, six yards on a third and ten. Is, is better for a defense allowing that than six yards on a third and five. That's not a good thing. So it calculates all that stuff. And the Bills just haven't been good at it. They've allowed the most explosive plays at 46. Sorry, second most. So they're just, again, the defensive side of the ball is a struggle for me. Maybe I'll let you get to the offense and your thoughts on the offense, but I can share my thoughts once you're done with that. Yeah, no, and shout out to Aaron Schatz with the, the DVOA rankings, man. Like that, that, that to me right there, that's a ticket. You know, like, how, I mean, how effective – are we expecting the Bills defense to be when you have that many key injuries to to guys like I mean Daquan Jones is unsung hero of this defense. You know, he's he's the superhero that we all needed that we didn't know we needed. You know what I'm saying? Like he has been incredible this season. And unfortunately, we probably won't see him till January, if that, right? Um, Matt Milano coming in. I man, he's played so he's played so well in the absence of Tremaine Edmonds. I mean, we definitely kept a better linebacker, but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we didn't even talk about corner uh, corner is still, I think is still a major issue to me. Um, I think the athleticism lacks there. Benford, I think Benford's a decent athlete, but I mean, you know, expecting Dane Jackson to go, you know, man on man against some of the uh, conference's best players. I think that's where we're going to have some issues. Right. And we haven't really seen, the Bills really get exploited outside of the Jacksonville game in the in from the pass perspective. I think we're going to start seeing that tomorrow. I think those corners are going to be expected to um, play on the island, if you will, if the Bills are getting pressure uh, with their front four. Yeah, it's interesting uh, you say that, Sterling, because the blitz rate for the first few weeks, like before the Matt Milano and Declan Jones injuries, their blitz rate was around like 15%, but their pressure rate was like high 30s. And now with the injuries, now they're expecting, you know, less production with the injury to Trey White and your your boundary corners. They're not blitzing at like a, an above 30% rate the past yeah. few weeks and their pressure rate's gone down. So again, it's kind of like last year. They started out with a high or a, low, a high pressure rate. Then the loss of Von Miller, the pressure rate kind of went right. down. Same thing happened in this year. They lost Trey White. They're now blitzing more, but they're actually getting less pressure. So that is a concern. I think with Greg Rousseau going through that foot injury that I hopefully he can continue to get better. And Von Miller also ascending with that, that knee injury he suffered uh, last year, just coming back. So the D line, I think will get there. Um, but it's still, again, like blitzing more and not getting more pressure. It's right. just not, it's not a combination. Not a good. Yeah, risk. no, it's not a good combination. I, I still have hope for the defense. The defense is not where, you know, I want to cut my teeth, right? Like I, I, I don't, I don't know what side of the, the spectrum you're on, but like I, this is where I tend to be sell it all and, and just sell out on offense. I mean, look, the bills are in a prime position uh, offensively if they want to be, you know, I don't think this approach, this conservative approach that they've taken the last few games uh, philosophically, I guess you would say that was from Sean McDermott. I just don't think it works. Uh, I don't think that's Josh Allen's play style, right? You can't, he, he's one of those guys, you know, you can't take a, a racehorse and, and make him a, a show horse where he just trots around the, the yard. You know, that's not who Josh Allen is. I love the fact that his completion percentage is 70%. That looks great, right? You know, he still looks good in terms of yards per pass. You know, I, he, he still looks great there. Um, you know, the, the amount of time that he takes to throw the ball, you know, time average time to pass 
looks good, but we're not seeing the the high variance of plays, playmaking ability. The deep ball has kind of vanished from this offense. And I think that's something that needs to come back to uh, fruition uh, with this offense because, I, you know, without those things, I think teams have kind of keyed in on, okay, this is what we need to do to beat the Bills. Kind of like what we saw with the Cincinnati Bengals. We're going to take away digs, and then we're going to expect other players to step up. And we're just going to dare them to do what they have to do, and they haven't been able to live up to the expectation. Yeah, it's fair with the offense, Sterling, because last year it was like, you know, they're almost taking the shot too much. It was like consistently, consistently going for yeah. the deep shot. They, they did it a lot. Now, this year it seems like it's the exact opposite. They're doing a lot of things underneath. Obviously, a lot of a lot of teams are now playing a cover two high shell on them. So that's obviously a big part of why they're going underneath. But Dorsey had it uh, drawn up. And we can get to the offense now because the, the Dorsey kind of um, – you know, narrative going on, and maybe we can both address that. Maybe you have a different opinion, but Dorsey had a play drawn up last week. Diggs got behind the defense uh, on a deep post route. Allen missed him. Um, so again, like th- they're willing to take the shots. I think as time goes on, you know, maybe they maybe they go a little bit more up tempo this week. I think they have found success there um, with up tempo. I think going eleven personnel now with the Dawson Knox injury that could maybe open some things up down the field. Um, but again. The offense for me, it comes down to Josh. He's been not good um, at his checks. He does not understand where the blitz is coming from and how to get the ball out quickly. There was about four or five. Oh yeah, plays. there was about four or five balls in that game where Shakir was wide open or Kincaid was wide open underneath, and he was, you know, he didn't get the ball to him. Two of them turned out to be sacks, and then the other one was a, a forced throw into double coverage. So I, I need to see Josh understand what they're doing on the defensive side of the ball pre-snap, aligning the you know the, the offensive line the correct way and finding those hot routes and, you know, trusting those players to get the job done. Even if it's five yards, it's better than taking a seven-yard sack or trying to force a ball into double coverage. And I, I the, the key word you said there is trust. And I don't think that's – I don't think he trusts the other weapons in the room. Uh, you know, you're right. Watching all 22, there are guys in the flat. I mean, Cook was open a few times in the flat, yeah. and this has been consecutive weeks where mm-hmm. Cook has been open. One for a touchdown uh, against the New York Giants. Over the middle, he was open. Josh is missing him. So it, it, I think it comes down to trust. I also think it comes down to the design of the offense. You know, I think when you when you go – when I look at this year's Bills offense versus, let's say – and I hate doing this, but a Brian Dayball offense, to me, it felt like there's two variables here. One – with the the loss of a real slot receiver that the Bills do not have, and two, I felt like Dayball baked in a lot of the the short quick routes, the the rub routes, the 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 zig routes, the wham routes. They were all there, you know, for Josh to easily read. I feel like with this offense, the construction of it now it's not all on Dorsey by any means. Like you said, Josh has he he needs to take his part too. He's not playing great. But I feel like, man, there's so much meat left on the bone. And the and the ceiling is championship. It's not making the playoffs. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and it's funny, too, because, like, it's been a really a tale of two halves. Like, you look, they they scored three touchdowns in the second half uh, against New England. So it, it's not like they're they're not able – got to find a way to get it going earlier because you gotta, the second half offense, back to Aaron Schatz's point, he, he – or at least at the, their quarters, one through three mm-hmm. in, in the past three weeks, their DVOA is 15th, so it's still average. But, again, it's not where you expect those offense to be. But in the fourth quarter, it's second. So they're really finding a ways to turn it on at the end when it's kind of too late or they got to kind of buckle up and find ways to, you know, execute. But I want to pull this uh, quote up from Sean McDermott. This, sure, is, this, this is before the um, last – this is 2021 
right before after the Bucks game or something like that, right when they kind of clicked, when they were seven and six, everything, you know, everyone thought the world was falling. He said this, our fastball is our fastball and you never want to lose your fastball, but whatever you do, you have to execute. Whether you throw your fastball or an occasional curveball, offensive football comes down to execution. And that's like kind of where I'm at with this team. If they can execute, Gabe Davis had a, a fumble. Dawson Knox has had multiple drops. Gabe Davis has had some big drops in key moments. Josh Allen turning the ball over. Um, you know, there's a multitude of things. Ken Dorsey, again, situationally, there's been some interesting calls that you could maybe question. Sure. All in all, it's just execution as to what it comes down to for me. And it's been a tale of two halves. When they've executed, and again, Dorsey said this week, they didn't really change much at halftime of that Patriots game. They just executed better. So if they're able to execute for four quarters, you're talking about an elite top three offense for the rest of the season. That's the question. Yeah, no, that's a big question. And, and the and you know, philosophically, maybe they didn't change much, but they did change their tempo. They did change their right. pace. And, and I think that's the thing that where you want to get you know, you want to get this offense going. I just hope that they don't start using up-tempo style quick offense in the fourth quarter again. Like, can they come out on Thursday and maybe start the game that way? Like, right. I, right. I hate seeing Josh Allen. And I said this on, on Intensive Grounding postgame show right here on Buffalo Rumblings. On, after the game, I said, Josh doesn't look you – know, Josh is, a, is – he, he's a feeling, hard on his sleeve, type of quarterback like he he is like that's what he throws up before every game like for crying out loud <laughs> looking at him on the sideline aj are you seeing what i'm seeing this josh allen like it's, it doesn't look good like it's like they're taking the the fun out of you know taking the fun out of the game for him is what it feels like yeah and it's it's funny too because again perfect perfectly well said i agree with you and it's funny because this week he you know josh in his press conference talked about that low positive and trying to find like that mental space where he can kind of play his best football. And he's tried to find that ever since week two um, in the, whatever, whoever they played to uh, week two, the, the commanders at home, I think it was. Sure, yeah. So like ever since that, that Raiders, week two game, Ra Raiders. Yes. That week two game, whatever the home opener. So with that, like, I think Josh, he said this in his presser, like, I just need to relax and go play football. And I think like, again, he says he needs to stop the trash talking. He needs to stop doing, but like, that's what makes him great. I'll say it over and over again. Like the best Josh Allen is the one that's taking chances. And again, they'll, they'll be bad plays with that. Like they'll be bad. Like, what are you doing? Right. Josh plays with that. But again, it gets them in that there's a, it's just a different offense and, you, and you're seeing him more relaxed this year. And I think with his comments in the press, during in the press conference this week, that I think you're going to see a more, you know, inspirational, uh, vocal and a passionate quarterback on the sideline or on the sideline and on the football field. And if they do that, this offense, I think, again, they need energy. And I think Josh Allen's going to be the guy that needs to bring that out because it's always to find Diggs. So let, let it. Right. Right. I mean, I love the optimism, AJ. <laughs> I love the optimism, you know, back to Josh Allen. Like we're talking about a guy who was overlooked his entire football career, right? Went to a tiny little high school, had to go to Reedley College, sent let I mean, we know the story of Josh Allen. Like right. I feel like the, the coaching staff, in my opinion, is failing to read the room. Like you you can't that's what makes him him. That's what makes him Josh. Like you cannot coach that out of him. Now I'm not saying be reckless with the football, right? You can be smart with the football, take your check downs, not put the ball, you know, in, in the hands of the defense from interceptions or fumbles and, or stiff arming linebackers, the defensive linemen. Like you don't have to do all that, but there's a, I think there's a, a happy medium where he can be Josh Allen, talk crap, talk trash, 
fire his teammates because you know we're seeing in the last two weeks that that drive that fire hasn't been there and it's showing the whole team like you, we realize how much this whole team rallies around number 17 and it just hasn't been there yeah I, again like i think that the coaching staff maybe has something to do with it maybe it's maybe it's something that he's kind of like well how I've played in the previous years hasn't gotten us anywhere. So maybe it's also like a self-evaluation process. Like mm-hmm. maybe I need to tone it down and be more relaxed and kind of settle in. But clearly that's not, again, and it's crazy too. We're talking about this. He's still one of the most efficient, right, right. the most crazy. efficient quarterback in football. So it's like not overanalyzing it in a way, but it's like, again, I think he is too. Like that's why he's in his press conference. He's like, I'm just going to go play football. And I think with yeah. that will come again, an offense. Again, they're still third in the league in points per game. I know it hasn't looked great the past few weeks, but in the grand scheme of things, this offense is still has still showed signs of being dominant. And again, with with Josh Allen, his energy, with I think reading hot routes, doing all that stuff, executing every drive, and being able to stop you know the the boneheaded penalties, the you know the drops, the turnovers, you're going to see an offense, and it can be fixed. All right. So as we shift off of Josh Allen here, we're going to give him a little break. You know, one of the things that that I want to know. You know, like I'm, I'm looking at the competition in the AFC, right? Um, you know, again, we talk about this team being Super Bowl contenders. That was always the goal, right, coming into the season. And it, it hasn't changed necessarily, but I think there's a little tiny little dark cloud over, over the team right now, just in my estimation, in my opinion, on what's been going on the past few weeks. But you look around the AFC and, like, Okay, you you have the Kansas City Chiefs who are at six and one. They look great. I mean, they look good, but at the same time, it's like offensively, you lack punch, you lack power. You know, uh, their best linebacker is going to be out for the next four weeks, possibly four to six weeks, possibly. Um, and, and it just it's not the same Kansas City Chiefs because they don't have the the home run ability, the threat of Tyree Kill running down the field, right, and giving you the deuces as he hits the end zone. You know. Travis Kelsey, another year. I mean, we're going on about the Chiefs, but like you look at like the Chargers, for instance, they they're just uh, can we just put them to bed right now? Like they're not yeah. a contender. The Ravens, who the Bills typically play well against all the time, like Lamar is not a factor. So you know, going down the list, Cleveland. Okay, what are they going to do? You know, they don't have um, their running back anymore, right? Nick Chubb, and they're they're questionable at quarterback. And then I mean, I can go on and on and on about with these teams, and it's like, okay. Let me take a deep breath and, and and look at it from, you know, a macro point of view. Like, in your opinion, where do the Bills stack up in the AFC East right now? Yeah, so if I were to go tier-wise, like right now, um, I, I would put, I think, again, like it's always this weird thing with the Chiefs. So you start the year, oh, you know, the Chiefs don't look the same, man. Like, they're just not the same team. They're struggling. And now, like, they found the rhythm, I think, a little bit against the Chargers last week. Again, albeit the Chargers don't have a really great defense. <laughs> but, right, right, right. again, I think the Chargers – or the Chiefs, excuse me, looked good. And, again, they're 6-1. and one. I, I would put them, again, they're, they're just – dude, they just find ways to win. And when they're yep. – even when they're playing bad and when they're playing great, which they usually – Play great it's coming up. It's almost November. Catch Mahomes has only lost one game in his career in November, December. So, like, they're coming. Like, they're going to hit their stride. Yeah. So, obviously, I'm going to have them above of the above the Bills right now. I think the Bills match up well against them. Uh, but, again, I think the Chiefs are the most dominant team in the AFC uh, this year and in years prior. They're just probably – I mean, they have – Arguably, in my opinion, the greatest quarterback of all time. But that, sure. that's for that's for another debate. And then you ha- look at the Ravens. I think they've really taken a step forward. 
Um, Lamar threw for over, over 350 yards last week, three touchdowns. They have Bateman. They have Odell Beckham. They have uh, Zay Flowers, who's emerging, who I wish the Bills, you know, dr- you know, would have gotten. But again, he just he wasn't there. It was a, a, a run of receivers there, like late teens, early 20s. So again, the Bills were at 27. They couldn't do it. So again, I put the Ravens above them right now. They have a quality win. They just destroyed a Lions team that was playing really good football, uh, 38 to six. So I really like them. And then you look at like Miami. Like I still Be have a winning over. team, right? <laughs> yeah, they're, they're a five. Yeah, they they beat the bad teams and they struggle against the good ones. Um, and that's kind of where I'm at with them. And, and I would still put Miami ahead of them just because again their first mm-hmm. NFC East. They have five wins. The Bills again, they've barely beaten the Giants. They've barely beaten, um, or they lost to the Jags and the uh, Patriots the last yeah. two or three weeks. So again, that's kind of like where I'm. If I had to do tiers, I go Chiefs tier one, Ravens tier two, and then I go like Bills. Bengals, Dolphins, or Bills, yeah, Bills, Bengals, Dolphins. Um, in that like tier three echelon, maybe putting the Browns because they're really good on defense. Um, but I would put the Chiefs to tier one, Ravens to tier two, and then the rest of the pack kind of a tier three. But again, the Bills have. I had them at twelve and five in the preseason. That was my prediction yeah. per se. Um, I, I have them at ten and seven, eleven and six now. Um, and we'll see if that gets them the division. But um, I, again, there's a gauntlet of a schedule. Yeah. I, I think yeah. that gets them in. I really do think that gets them in. But my expectations have dropped. There's injuries, uh, the offensive struggles. But I still think if they get hot at the right time, eleven and six. You saw in 2021 what they did. At, at oh yeah. Six. So again, it doesn't. Right. Mean that the world's ending. I, I think a lot of the fan base thinks that that you know. We're gonna, you know, the the Bucks are gonna come in here tomorrow, and the Bills are gonna, you know, it, th- that's where they're gonna turn their season around. And I, I, I just think, you know, it doesn't work that way. Like, there's a lot of variables uh, this season, and with this schedule, as you mentioned, where you have to go play the Chiefs, you have to play the Eagles, like you have to play the Cowboys still, to Chargers. I mean, you there are some teams here that okay we're already we already have three losses like you said i mean the bills could be staring at an, a 10 and 7 season and uh something's got to give something's got to give right like you this team's too talented in my opinion to to go 10 and 7 right like it you you have to believe that way it's like come on yeah i, I would say this without like the like Without Milano and Daquan Jones, I think it really puts them at a, a disadvantage defensively. You can't cover the middle of the field. You can't clog up, clog up the middle against these running backs. They already they already had trouble against the run at times with you know these Daquan Jones. And again, they were they were without Ed Oliver last week, so him coming back, he's questionable. Uh, so we'll see if he gets the nod tomorrow. But yeah, man, like they're really talented. They've been there. They have the experience. But again, like they're not good in October. They're just not. They never have been. I put out a tweet. They you know, they beat the Chiefs in 2021, lost three of their next five after a huge mm-hmm. win. In 2022, they, they beat the Chiefs in a big one and then went two and two in their next four. And then this year, they have a huge win over the Dolphins to, you know, get a top of the division and they drop two or three. So maybe this is just a trend. They find a dud in October and figure it out as you go. Um, but but we'll see here. Yeah, no, we're going to have to see. Um, you know, funny, we don't even talk about the Bengals, right? We We don't even really mention them. And that was a team that knocked us out of the divisional round last year. Uh, what what have you seen at Joe Burrow this season? Just real quick, uh, you know, there's a lot. Of, you know, we talked about uh, the offensive line struggles that they have, and I mean, they're getting a little older with Joe Mixon at running back. You know, he's not as effective as he once was. W- what's going on with with uh, Hollywood Joe here? Yeah, so I mean, for me with Joe, 
first of all, I think there is, I mean, if you're gonna use the Josh Allen elbow excuse last year for why he kind of struggled in midseason, I'm going to say that the calf has affected him. He, you know, he did not look his full capability. He wasn't comfortable in the pocket. Now I think he's found that the last couple of weeks, but again, their offense is still kind of struggled. T Higgins has been absent. Like everyone's clamoring like, Oh, Gabe Davis is this, you know, bum wide receiver too. But you know, T Higgins statistically, Speaking, factually speaking, has not done as well as Gabe Davis. Like analytics prove it too. Like he's not had a good year. So they need to get him going. The thing with me, okay, Joe Burrow's stats this year, he's 63%, 1,200 yards, seven touchdowns, four interceptions. For me with Joe, I think they find it. I really do. I believe in their coaching staff. They've proven. Uh, Lou, the defensive coordinator, has done a really good job there. They're very good at situational uh, defense. And then their offense is always ju- does just enough. Zach Taylor and that, and that crew. So, the Bengals for me, like I know the Bills, not the foreshadow, but the Bills do play them in a couple of weeks. I think the Bengals just based off of um, what they've done to the Bills and they've kind of looks like they figured them out. Maybe the Bills have some things to, uh, you know, sprinkle in. But yeah, yeah, yeah. The Bengals have the Bills number, um, but we'll see. The, the Bills have proven to be good against teams they've lost to. And when they play them again, they do a good job. So we'll see what happens. But again, I think the Bengals, they're they're. They're gonna find a way. I still feel like that. Again, really. You, so you feel I, the Bengals? You mentioned the Bills being not an October team. I feel like the Bengals kind of in that same boat too. Right. I'm, and, and they, they kind of start to struggle mid September to mid October kind of thing, uh, it, which has been evident in the last couple years. Um, I still like Joe Burrow, man. Joe Burrow's a, a he's a dog for a quarterback. Lou Anamuro, like you mentioned, is is probably one of the top three defensive coordinators in the league. Um, now they are missing, you know, two quality uh, safeties that the, you know uh, Jesse Bates and, and Von Bell are not there anymore. So I think you know they're having to overcome that. But they got you know uh, my guy Dax from Hill. Michigan, Dax Dax Hill. yeah, Daxon Hill is balling out. So I love him. Yeah. Uh, they're okay. I mean, I think they'll be okay in the long run. I think you know for the Bills to, in my opinion, I think that's going to be the game. That that if they turn the season around, not saying we're in the dumps, but if they turn the season around, it's gonna be that game. That's the one they have to win. Yeah, that is uh that is a big one. Like yeah. I'm not, I I picked the bill. I'm I'm terrible at picking the Bills this year. I picked them against the Jets. I picked them to lose against the Dolphins. I'm gonna pick them to lose against the Bengals. I've had them winning. I had them beating the Jags and the Giants. So I just can't seem to get it right. So maybe if I I pick them to lose again, they find a way to get the job done against Cincy. Um, but yeah, Spence, I agree with you. I take Higgins over Davis. I'm just saying this every year, day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but again, like their their offense just hasn't figured it out multiple levels, offensive line issues. So yeah, we'll see. Um, I think the Bengals, the only thing that's also concerning is their schedule. They still have the Ravens, they they play the Niners this week, they have the Eagles down the stretch, the Chiefs. Um, they play the Browns who have owned them in the past. They still play the Steelers, so they do have a really tough schedule. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Yeah, no, it definitely will be interesting to see. But yeah, again, that that's that's the game that's marked on my calendar. Is like, yo, they gotta show up on that one. Uh, let's let's talk a little bit of wide receiver. Let's talk Gabe Davis while we're at it. Um, okay, you know, Gabe Davis, we we know he's in a contract year. That yeah. that's pretty evident. But man, like, I was, I, I wanted to believe based off of training camp. And you, by the way, sir, you killed training camp. By the way, just so you, like, yo, Thank your you. content and the updates, I was on it, bro. So thank yeah, appreciate thank you for doing it. that for Buffalo Rumblings. You you were you were amazing, by the way. Thank um, you, thank you. Training camp, Gabe Davis looked amazing. He looked amazing. Here's the problem, uh, and Joe Marino talks about this quite a bit. Um, you know, when it comes to regular season, like we cannot have performances 
where you get one catch, six yards, two catches, 12 yards. Like that kind of stuff. We can't have that, man. We, the, the Bills need a, a viable number two option. So so first, te- te- what are your thoughts on Gabe Davis? Do you think he gets resigned? Are the Bills crazy for thinking about resigning him? And 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 we'll talk about the trade deadline as we move on in the show. But I think there's some wide receivers that they, they definitely need to take a look at. So what are your thoughts on Gabe? Yeah, so prior to the season on Gabe, I was like a big Gabe stand. Like I thought, again, he had – 870 yards. He's a touchdown scorer. He makes big plays. Um, and, and I still feel like, again, I don't know if it's the scheme that kind of limits him. Um, I don't know if it's what the bills are asking him to do. I don't know if it benefits Gabe. Like maybe Gabe does do things the right way, but the way they use him doesn't benefit the way he plays. I don't know if that's like something that's going on, but Gabe has been okay this year. Like he's had his moments again, like he's had his games, but he's also had his games where he's kind of, you know, disappeared like last week, one, right. one catch for six yards. But like, again, when you, when you try, when you want to get like, you know, Dalton Kincaid involved and he's getting eight receptions a game now, like not, not a game, but has eight receptions last right. game. And you're trying to get the ball to Shakir a little bit more and he gets more reps and you're using Knox and you're using, uh, you know, Cook and Murray in the backfield. There's a lot of targets to get around on this team and they're, you know, they're running the ball more this year. So, I like Gabe. I'm kind of like settled that I think he's gone. Like, I don't think yeah. they're going to extend him at this point. I, I think they would have done it already. And I, again, I think he's going to ask for 13 to $15 million, which I don't think the bills should do. But when you look around like the free agent market, it's hard to be like, but what can they really do? Like Curtis Samuel's kind of a guy that's intriguing to me, but like, I would like them to also draft and attack a wide receiver in the draft, like in the round one of the draft, if they went that route. But again, this is the option for me. You either keep Gabe, you still draft the receiver wide or round one. You either get rid of Gabe, bring someone into free agency like a five to seven million a year guy or wide receiver three kind of type guy, and still draft a, a guy round one. So basically, I'm all bought in on getting a wide receiver in the first round, regardless if they keep Gabe or not. I don't think that really matters, uh, but I think he's fine, Sterling. I don't. I don't. He's, he does what he does. He makes big plays some sometimes. Sometimes he disappears. A lot of wide receiver twos, if you look around the league, are the same way. And I'm telling you, Gabe Davis, statistically, analytically, is better than 20 wide receiver twos in the league. You you, you really hold him in that high regard? Yes, top 12 wide receiver two. Whoo, man, yeah. that's rich. That He's is better rich. than DeAndre Hopkins this year at every level. What A wide receiver one in Tennessee. Now, I would still like them. Like, if they traded for DeAndre Hopkins and, um, you know, he – whatever – came on I would not give up Gabe for him straight up like I would not do a Hopkins Gabe you might think I'm crazy but I would not do a Davis or Hopkins no, he's, he's a younger receiver and there's more uh potential there long-term potential right you know I think that's the thing where we kind of get um fool's gold like Gabe's a limited receiver so if you if you put him in the right offense where he's just attacking downfield all the time I think that's probably his best use but you know it's it's square peg round hole you know trying to get him to, to run these short intermediate routes and this is not working. He, he just doesn't uncover quickly. And, and, you know, Josh is kind of eyeing on Stefan Diggs, and, and again, after that, he really doesn't trust anybody else. I think if we're, if they're going to fix Gabe or get him more productive in this offense, I think they got to go to him early. I think just like Josh Allen, Gabe is one of those guys that needs that confidence. Like they need, like, I liked what they did when they start going to him early. Was it the, uh, the, the two games before? Not not this game, but it was the uh, the Giants. Where they, in the first quarter, they were like, okay, we're going to get Gabe involved in this game, and he fumbles. Like, that just kind of ruined the momentum. I think if they, if they want to be 
uh, multiple in this offense where they're not relying on Stefan Diggs as much. I feel like they need to try to get Gabe Davis going a little bit earlier. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I would be I would be okay with that. And you know what stinks is like <clears throat> in training camp, I was seeing a lot of that like underneath stuff. And I'm like, wow, I just saw Gabe Davis line up in the slot, get separation on a you know an out route five yards downfield and you know make a play on the ball and get you know five to seven yards. I want to see more of that with Gabe. And I think that again that will make corners play like, okay, this guy can, you know, kind right. of go underneath and he can do what he's best at, which is getting downfield and making the play. So yeah, I, I would like to see them getting him early. I would like them to get anyone else involved early other than Diggs. Like I get it. Getting the ball to Diggs is great. He's a great player. Sure. He's going to get his 10 to 14 targets a game, maybe more, but there's got to be other options on this offense. And that's not just on Dorsey. It's on the quarterback who's got the ball in his yep. hands and also the receiver that needs to get open and be an option for Josh. Because you know what, if they don't do that, guess who guess who gets the the short end of the stick? Guys like Khalil Shakir. He'll never develop if they don't start, you know, the the target share has to get better, right? I mean, right. At, at what expense, right? Like I think there are times where, you know, I feel like last week Khalil Shakir was open a lot. Yeah. And they and Josh just didn't throw him the ball. So it's like you you want I hope in those film room sessions that they're having is like okay Josh like he's open here this guy's open like he has to know because look that and it's not again my my ceiling for them is it's championship man it's not the playoffs like this offense Josh Allen you know, we talk about him being the second best quarterback in the league which I firmly believe he is and there's no doubt about that for me you just want to see him more comfortable so you know we we kind of you know pull straws and trying to figure out okay what is the problem but like we said earlier this offense is still productive but man the sputtering that i think that's the thing that really irks me irks a lot of bills fans out there is that in game situationally and then it, it just stagnant and sputters like what what do you think about that like is it do they need to and get the run game going more or do they just need to sell in and press into passing the ball downfield? I, I think it just comes down again to the lack of execution. Like oh, I just man. don't like, like they had, they had a drive going in the second half. There was only a drive. They didn't score a touchdown in last game against the Patriots fourth and two. They had the, the play was there. Dawson Knox drop. And I get it. He has the wrist issue and I get that. But like, that's, that is just executing a simple First down, move the chains, keep the drive going. Tyler Bass, three missed field goals the last four games. Again, execution. Yep. Just, it's a simple as – again, like the Giants don't even have a chance, and I get it. You can be like they should have just ran the ball there and made the Giants use their last time out right. and kick the field goal. But, again, like I want them to win the game. If you get eight yards, you have Josh Allen in a, in a great offense. You go and get the, the eight yards. Again, Josh right. Allen was a bad throw. Dawson Knox could have caught it, but it was, it was on both players there. I just think the Bills need to execute better – um, in certain situations, especially situationally. But, yeah, the first half woes, I mean, 10 points in the last three games in the first half against the Jags, Giants, and Patriots. It just can't happen. And again, you're putting your defense in less than ideal situations, only putting 10 points up in three halves. And I get it. Like, the defense is, is what it was supposed to be. But when you lose Milano and Jones, it, just, it can't be elite. And Josh Allen's been the benefit of that. Yeah. Joe Burrow's never had a great defense, but you know what it's been great at? Situationally. The Patrick Mahomes has never had a great defense, but you know what his offensive line did against the Eagles in the Super Bowl, a team that had the most sacks in the NFL history? They didn't allow one sack. 
So it's just about being better situationally and being able to look, go into matchups and have confidence and not overcomplicate things. They got to simplify it. Just do what you do best. Don't let the defense dictate what you're doing. You dictate what the defense is doing. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that philosophy. Um, AJ, I don't know how well uh, adept you are with the NFL draft, but have you, have you done any studying on these wide receivers, man? I mean, Marvin Harrison, Keon Coleman, um, the kid from, um, I don't know his name right now, but from Washington. Um, oh, Romeo and Dunze. Yes, yeah, him. Uh, so there, there's a few guys that I've kept my eye on, but I really don't. I'm so NFL focused that I usually <laughs> dive into like the Senior Bowl and all the okay. stuff. I, I kind of do that in like January. All right, so so where I cut my teeth is draft. Okay, like so I got right now. I got like seven receivers that I think are worthy of a first round selection. Okay, seven. Now, if the Bills don't go and get a wide receiver at the trade deadline, if they don't get a wide receiver uh, or if they let Gabe Davis walk, man, there are seven <laughs> wide receivers that I think could really make an impact on this team, and they all look different. You know, you, you got guys like Johnny Wilson, six foot seven. I, he'll probably go second round, second, third round, right? But Johnny Wilson's a dog. I don't know if you saw him saw him play at Florida State. He's great. Malik Neighbors. I would love a Malik Neighbors in this offense. You know, six foot, can run, four four speed. Uh, Xavier Worthy, you know, he's a speedster. I think he could probably play in the slot. I mean, there are so many different, different options that the Bills could take a look at. Um, so, and I don't even think they'll, they'll go wide receiver in the first round this year. But we'll see. All right. So, a I couple hope. names. I hope, man, I, take two. <laughs> Take two receivers. That's what I'm saying. That, that, like, that's what I mean. Like, if you're go go trade for Jerry Judy. Like, th- this is where I'm at. Like, if you wanna, if you wanna get to the trade deadline, like Judy, Renfro, Darnell Mooney, DeAndre Hopkins, like any of those guys, I would be okay with like maybe like Judy Judy for Gabe. I would consider just because I think Judy has the fifth year option. You can keep him for another year and also draft the first round receiver. So now you have Judy, a first rounder plus Diggs. Like, that's a pretty solid crew. But I like I don't. My I don't, I don't agree with that that comment from from my guy Matt. Only reason why people are saying Judy is trash is because you know Steve Smith dogged him. Steve Smith dogged him. <laughs> I, I think is. there I think there are things to play, and I love that you brought up Jerry Judy. I think there because when you watch the All Twenty Two, like what I'm looking at from a wide receiver, like I'm looking at you know how does he set up his routes? What's his release package like? Can can he get in and out of cuts? at the top of a stem of a route. What are his hands like? And when you look at all those things, the tape says Jerry Judy's a good wide receiver in a bad situation. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, so people out there who, who don't like Jerry Judy because he's kind of being an ass right now, like you have to also look at it from a player perspective. He's a young dude. He, he really hasn't lost much his whole life. He's always been the top guy. You come into a Denver Broncos organization that's been in disarray for years. I live in Denver right now. I hear about it. I see it all the time. I talk to people who are part of the, you know, who are close to the organization, like radio guys that they're my friends. Right. I talk to them all the time. And, and I'm telling, you know, this whole thing where, I mean, please dog him publicly so that we can get, you know, send him a fifth and then we'll get Jerry Judy. But Jerry Judy can play. That right. dude can play, man. I would love, like you mentioned, Hunter Renfro. Oh, that's what we really need is Hunter Renfro in the slot. I think that will unlock a lot for this offense. It's interesting because, like, I get the Renfro. I would be fine with Renfro. It's like a day three because, I mean, at the end of the day, the Raiders are just going to – he has to – I don't have the exact numbers, but he's owed a lot of money, and they're, they're going to have to eat 
a lot of that money to sure. bills to be comfortable with. They, they can't even afford it. They signed up to a 29 year, uh, I mean, a $29 million contract, two year extension. Is that correct? Yeah. I, let me, I could actually double check that real quick, but yeah, yeah. his, his contract right now would just, they would have to eat a lot of it um, in terms of, let's see here. His, his, his yearly cash this year is 11 million. So there's about 10 games left. Um, so yeah, they probably still owe around, Eight million, seven million for the rest of the year uh, around there. So they're going to have to eat six to six million of that for to get like to two million, and then the Bills can probably work it that way. But yeah, Renfro again, he's he's a good player. Um, but yeah. again, I think I think Shakir again. I'm not saying Shakir is great, Uh-oh. but there's Hardy, Shakir. They, I think there's someone in house that can play that role. I'm, I want like a Judy that can play, you know, the boundary multiple. And, uh, right, right, right. I want so. that versatility. So if that's the case, then which makes sense. I mean, I think the I think the slot position for Josh Allen is it's almost as like you know old school quarterbacks relied on their tight end. Right. That's what the slot is for Josh Allen. So they need to figure that out quick. I don't right. know who it is. Maybe it's Shakir. I do like like again. I like what I've seen from Shakir in the last few weeks, mm-hmm. but I want to see more. Right. But I think what we're talking about here is D Hop is what we're really getting at. Yeah, I mean, dude, I would do it. And the thing is, I would not. I want it. I want them to add him to Gabe, and I get it. It would be weird, but like Diggs, D Hop, Gabe, I think would be dynamic. I think it would allow Diggs to line up more in the slot and get better matchups. I think it would uh, help the the Bills again be more explosive, and it, it would be an interesting. It would be yeah. an interesting offense. I really like the idea of a again an All Pro. He he produced really good last year in Arizona. His yards his yards of separation have gone down the past couple of years. Like this sure. year, like two point two. Gabe Davis is at two point six. So like for all the people that say Gabe Davis can't separate, um, he actually separates better than Gabe or DeAndre Hopkins. Um, but yeah, I, I think that you know I think he'd be a, a perfect fit. He's cheaper. You don't really have to do much to maneuver the cap. You right. Can bring it right on. He has a he has an extra year. You owe him twelve million next year. If you really like him, you pay that twelve million, and that's a, that's you know a pretty good deal. So yeah. It, I would love yeah, the idea. Look, D Hop has never been a separate route separator. Uh, right. What D Hop cuts his teeth on is excellent route running, and his catch radius is out of this world. And he, you know, he he, he catches. I mean, he catches the football. He's not one of them dudes, you know, like Gabe that's going to be dropping these balls at both <laughs> times. Like D Hop right. is a hey man, that guy. He still got it. And I think in this offense, I'd be okay with it, man. Like, look, Emmanuel Sanders lives down the street, pretty much. I would like, yo, Emmanuel, can you go and uh, and suit up for the Bills again? Like, they need they need a route winner at, at the number two um, position, and I hope the Bills make a move. So, all right, here we go. Let's let's talk about this. So, you be Brandon Bean. I am the uh, Titans GM. Okay, you're calling me, and I got D Hop. What w- what's up? I'm probably offering you a third rounder. That's my, that's my, that's my, uh, that's my, that's my deal. That's my, that's my uh, thing. Are you, are you accepting that? Are you declining that? But I, I would give you a third. A, a third. Great. I, I mean, if you said a third, I sent his butt out yesterday. Like, so you, you thinking like fourth, you thinking day yeah, three pick? I, I think, I think a fourth round pick gets it done. Gets it done. Okay. okay. Yeah. I, you know what? And, and make matter of fact, I think if you sent AJ Epinesa, and for D Hop straight up, they do that in a heartbeat. Yeah, 
That would be that would be interesting because again, I it actually I don't know because maybe maybe Shaq Lawson. I would rather I would rather see Shaq go than, than AJ. <laughs> you, can't but... up, you can't give up a bag of Cheetos for D Hop, man. Come on now. <laughs> well, it'd be like Shaq and a fit. It'd be Shaq and a fit. It's like a garbage plate. I'm gonna give you a garbage plate. We're gonna send it overnight, but it's gonna be there. It's gonna be hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, funny. That's funny. No, I would. Yeah, I think you could you can have D Hop for fourth. I mean, look, man. I don't. I, a third. I think that's a little rich. I don't know. Okay. Okay. It might that's be fair. a little rich. Derrick Henry is another name. Now the problem is is the money. That's why. Like, right. like it's not like the Bills have to they don't owe him anything. So like again, they have an out after this year. You're only paying him like 1.25 mm-hmm. million this year, like this year. So it's like, you know, he, he has the incentives that are likely, but uh they're not just being active. So it's like 60k. Every game he's active, he yeah. gets 60k. So that's you're gonna have to pay that. But again, that's you know, 400 grand if you look at it. So it's not that much. So you're only paying like one and a half million dollars. Malvin Henry says, no way we trade AJ. It, it probably won't, but you're not going to be able to resign him. Every time AJ Epinesa gets a sack, that price tag goes up and up. <laughs> and I don't know if. And good I mean, for him. Good for him. He's right. Good for him. Get out of here, man. Go, go make your bread somewhere. But I yeah. just don't think it's going to happen, man. I don't yeah. think the Bills are going to be able to resign him. Just, it just, it sucks. You know, this is year three for him, year four for him. Uh, and he's finally starting to come in, you know, to a, a decent to good pass rusher. Um, but yeah, that that those are some of the things that I, I take a look at. Derrick Henry. So we're talking about him. So here, here's here's a, a idea or a philosophy that I think maybe Sean McDermott has because he it seems to me that he's with this whole idea and philosophy about you know controlling controlling the clock. You want to be multiple on both phases in offense in terms of running the ball and passing the ball. James yeah. Cook is, is turning into a good running back, good to solid running back or solid to good running back. But if you get a Derrick Henry in here, you don't have to give him the ball 29 times a game. Between him and James Cook, now you got a really a true athletic downhill thumper, and then you got your lightning in the bottle with James Cook. What do you think – I mean, we see, we've seen the Bills trade for Naheem Hines. It seems like because they love running backs. We saw them go out and, and uh, I don't know who was that running back for the commanders that they were looking at. J.D. Uh, McKissick. J.D. McKissick. It's like they have an infatuation with running backs, okay? We, we know they drafted three, two third-round running backs uh, mm-hmm. with Singletary and, and Moss, who's, Moss here, who's playing well. Who's, um, who's in a great system for his run, you know, right. he's just He's just living the dream over there in Indy. Ain't he, though? Golly. Derrick Henry like what are your thoughts there I mean I'm indifferent like I haven't really put that thought in my mind because I just don't think it's something the Bills will do I think they like what they have in the running back room right now and I don't think they want to really you know ruffle the feathers with that they have James Cook they're going to continue to develop I think they're going to continue to develop him and then bring in guys like you know Harris and Murray for the next few years on these veteran minimum deals because mm-hmm. again the running back market isn't um you know anything special right right probably the titans are probably going to have to eat i don't know his contract either because i haven't even like thought of it just because i didn't think it's something the bills would do um but again like he he's probably expensive you're probably going to have to give up maybe a fourth fifth rounder um like the again i don't know i'm i'm indifferent i i could care no. less I, I want them to stick with what they have in the running back room i don't really care for henry to, if i i agree with you i just feel like McDerm- the McDermott philosophy and how he yeah. views offense. I think they're probably, in my opinion, I feel like they're more prone to trade for like a Derrick Henry than they are going to get a D hop. That's That'd what be, I feel. That's a, that's a hot take, but I like it because I mean, because like, well, I wouldn't say it's a hot take if you're looking at it, maybe from the Sean McDermott philosophical side. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I just think that what they have with Murray and like, they have Ty Johnson, who's, 
you know, again, I don't know if he ever carves Stop out a role. It. I don't Stop know. The, it. I don't know the future of Damian Harris, but again, <laughs> I think they have the depth there. And uh, yeah. it's something, yeah. And the shopping through philosophy thing, it's interesting. It's an interesting conversation because obviously Dorsey, everyone freaked out. Like Sean McDermott mm-hmm. has a say in the philosophy. It's like, dude, he's the head coach. He's the head coach. He's going yeah. to. Yeah. So like, I, I understand kind of the concern because you've seen Josh not run as much this year. Maybe that has something to do with McDermott's kind of idea and, you know, move the sticks, move the chains, keep everything in front of you. Uh, you know, get first downs, put these 15 to 20 play drives together, take time off the clock. Maybe that is something to do with Sean McDermott, but, I, I think as time goes on, they're. I think Sean McDermott's smart enough and and is coached in this league long enough that maybe he gets away from that and like say, hey, you know, maybe we can try to go this up tempo. Let's punch them in the throat right from the get go. Put my defense in better situations later so that the offense can just finish the game, take over, and that's how it's going. Yeah, be. no, I I would man, I would love to subscribe to that idea, AJ. I just think these coaches sometimes are stubborn. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They get a little stubborn. They get in their own way sometimes. I mean, they're human beings at the end of the day. Right. right. Um, and, and it's just the whole and this 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 kind of philosophy or idea that I have goes stems back to when Dable was running the look, the conflict and the friction between Dayball and McDermott. Like, I feel like Dayball wanted a more air it out kind of, you know, 11 yep. personnel. We're going down the field where Sean wanted a more conservative approach. And then that, that probably is a slight towards him. Right. Both, both, aren't wrong. both aren't wrong. Like right. you can win both ways. I mean, the Giants are two and five last year or this year and just signed Daniel Jones. Like they're not in a, you know, Dable's not looking too smart right now. Right. But. So I don't know, man. It's it's something to uh it's something to, to keep them. I can't wait till the trade that dude. I'm gonna tweet tweet at you, okay? <laughs> all right, all right. You're gonna be like oh. you're gonna make up and be like they're trading for Derrick Henry for <laughs> Sean McDermott's loss. Watch when, <laughs> when, when NFL.com puts up the, the Bills trade for Derrick Henry. I'm be like, see, god dang it, you yeah, heard yeah. it here. for the philosophy, baby. For the philosophy, <laughs> baby. <laughs> make we should make a t shirt for yeah. the philosophy. Read <laughs> 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 26 shirts, shout out. <laughs> All right. So as we as we wrap up here, let's talk about let's get our final thoughts about, um, you know, the, the upcoming game tomorrow. OK, uh, the crazy thing about this game is one of these teams, they're going to be 0-2 in their last two games played. And I hope that's not the Bills. What do you think uh, some areas to attack uh, this this uh, Buccaneers defense? How do you think the Bills should attack it? I think like like we've been talking about all game, you come out they're a good defense. Levante, mm-hmm, sure, Levin yeah. White, uh, Vita Vea, he's questionable. Maybe he get he goes. Um, they have, you know, they have a, they have a lot of talent. Uh, they they lead the league in turnovers. They're very good at getting off the field on third third and down situations. So I want the Bills to come out and whatever they want to do. It's going to be eleven personnel. It's going to be a lot of Kincaid. Maybe you see an activation with Andy Isabella. Maybe that's something they do. Maybe they go like five wide. Maybe, you know, there could be something yeah. uh, 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 brewing, but I don't know. We'll, we'll, You're going to get people excited, and when they yeah, yeah. out there, I know that's, that would be like the, the, the training camp hero is active. Um, but I, I just want to see them some, with some up tempo, uh, going fast, and I just want them to attack underneath, underneath, underneath. Understand that they're going to bring pressure and be able to get it out quick, and then that's when everything else opens up. The defense will naturally, even if they're not trying to, they will get closer to the line of scrimmage. And then I want to see the Bills in the second half. Do do what they did in the last in, in the past couple second halves, slow methodical drives down the field underneath, but you know, with some tempo. And then the second half, kind of go for the kill shot and put it away. That that's kind of what I want to see this game. Like how this game like unfolds. But again, that's harder said than done. And I think that the the Bucks have a really, really good defense. They do. And and uh, Antoine Whitfield Jr. is yep. 
He's good. They're going to line him up all over the place. Um, yep. You know, one of the things that I look at it with this with this game coming up, this is a test for Josh Allen. Like, Todd Bowles' defenses historically have been really good. You know, these are three, four alignments, which I feel like the offensive line for the Bills, we kind of struggled since the Steelers game with three, four alignments. Okay. Uh, last week was another, another case of example. The Patriots kind of run a similar style, but I think, you know, what we're going to see on Thursday, you know, I think it's a, a little bit better defense in terms of their personnel, what they're able to do, oh, yeah. because they got a better up, they got a better front and, and they got Antoine Whitfield. They're going to line him up all over the field. You're going to see him at nickel blitzing. You're going to see him at, you know, single high at time. I mean, they just use him all over the field. Uh, this is going to be a test for Josh Allen. Can he take the test in terms of, okay, like he is going to have to really start out fast, but he's, I think he needs to get these guys going underneath early. So yep. Gabe Davis, this could be a really good Dalton Kincaid game where, you know, if you want to attack that defense, go after Devin White. He's not really good in coverage. He's yeah. He's an athletic freak. But when the term when you talk about processing uh, snap to snap, you know, he's not good there. So I would go after him with Kincaid and put stress on them that way. And then, you know, you I, I would assume, you know, they're going to I think they have the third highest blitz rate in the league or something like yep. that. Yeah, that's, gonna, that's offensive line's important. And Josh, right. as well. So the I think the protection schemes from the offensive line are going to play a huge part in this game. And I think Josh needs to calm down maybe a little less from under center this game. He needs to be able to – if he has an issue with recognizing, you know, some of these coverages and stuff, I think he needs to be shotgun where he can kind of see survey the field, see what's going on, and get the ball out quick. Yeah, and then on the defensive side of the ball, I think it's just important. Baker, again, like he's under pressure. He's at, It's weird. He's been better under pressure, uh, and they haven't a lot, a lot of sacks. But last week the Falcons were able to give them some trouble um, with their offensive line. Their, their offensive line, it's been the same five guys. They've started every game, played mm-hmm. every snap. So they have a lot of continuity there. They, they're, they're fortunate to have that. But, you know, Godwin, Evans, obviously two great receivers that – are bigger. Dane Jackson and Christian Benford are going to have a test on the outside boundary. And then you look at, um, you know, the defense, hopefully Ed can go. That'd be a huge help. But their rushing offense isn't as dynamic as, as some of the teams the Bills have played. Um, so so we'll see. They got to stop the run, keep everything in front of them. And if they struggle against this offense, it's, you know, I don't know. We, I, I don't want to talk about it unless it happens. Hey. Yeah, no, no, I totally get you there. All right, so I'm going to nail you down here. Give me a Give me a prediction for tomorrow. What do you think? Oh man, I'll just—I I haven't, I haven't thought of one. I'm just gonna straight up. I'll go. I'll go 29. I'm just gonna do weird, weird scores. 29-18. It's gonna be a score game. Okay. Um, Bills. I, I think they're. I think they win by two scores. Whether that's a, a touchdown, field goal, or two touchdowns. I think they're. They find their footing. They have a better first half this week. They come out with tempo, pace. They come out fast. They a lot of a lot of empty sets. I think so. Josh can get comfortable and, yep. and a lot of love and so. I like I like the uh, the matchup, and I think the Bills get it done at home on Thursday night before a huge game against the Bengals. Yeah, man. Uh, I'm going to go 27-16 Bills in this one. You know, it's one of those games like we talked about. Can the offense start out quick? I don't think, you know, we're going to see too much uh, in terms of the run game from James Cook. I think, you know, they got a really solid front, Vita Vey. And just the way the Bills kind of deploy their run game, I think they're going to be running into those guys all day. So I, you know, this is a game where Josh Allen, I expect him to have at least 280 yards passing a couple touchdowns here. Um, and then maybe a big play, maybe an interception from one of the corners on defense. You know, this is Baker Mayfield. 
um, who who's having a decent season for them. I mean, he's he's not losing the game for them at all, um, right. but he's definitely not, you know, winning them games. And I think they've had a hard time with teams with winning records. So uh, I think the Bills cruise to a victory here. But um, look, a lot there's there's a lot to be said uh for a team that that lost to the Patriots last week I just hope this energizes them in the right way I, I like to see Von Miller play a little bit more hopefully he you know as he gets better and all the hate that people are putting on Von Miller saying well this contract and it like dude it takes a while to come back from an ACL just want to let everybody know that but I think Von is going to be fine yeah, the Von Miller thing is funny because, like, let's be real. From a fan perspective, if I'm looking at it, and, like, I understand the frustration because, like, yeah, he was the guy that was supposed to be the finisher for this team and, like, put them over the top. And, obviously, the injury happened, so it's unfortunate. But, like, that's all fans care about. He was the guy that was supposed to be the finisher, and now he's back from his injury, and he's got to go right back to being the finisher. <laughs> like, you know, he's not, he's not there. So, like, right, you've right. got to give him time, like you said. He will get there by the end of November, early December. He'll be playing – playing good football he again he's he's been using a lot of speed he hasn't been using a lot of power yet that's just because of he's he's come, kind of coming back to what he's been doing it's been a lot of speed wide stances so he'll he'll get back to doing what he does and i'm confident with him but yeah you're right defense try to find a turnover on baker limit the turnovers on the offensive side yep. of the ball execution and uh you're gonna win this game you're the better football team hey jim graham wants to let us know that taylor swift is going to be on the madden of 24 so awesome man hopefully yeah, kelsey's on there hopefully kelsey's <laughs> on there too Let's leave a blank space there, shall we? <laughs> well, people, uh, you've been listening to the Hump Day Hotline. Man, AJ, it's been a freaking pleasure to do this with you, man. This is so much fun. bro. I appreciate you taking your time to hang out with me on this Wednesday night, bro. It's been it's been dope. Yeah, I mean, we just kind of, you know, let, let's go. Let's get it going. And we talk football for 56 minutes, which is what I love to do. So I appreciate it. everyone, all 27 of you in here. I appreciate it. Please like, share this. Um, I know it'll be on audio probably tonight. I'm not sure when this goes up on audio, but whenever it does, uh, be sure to, to like, subscribe, all that stuff. And it helps the channel. Sterling, thanks for having me on. And I'm uh, looking forward to Thursday and this upcoming trade deadline. I will be missed if we didn't say go Bills and we out of here. Peace. Uh,